You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, back with another episode of from the rafters uh sam and i here on a friday we didn't get to record this wednesday because we wanted to save a bunch of stuff to talk about today uh, we have guest guest adam taylor here from sb nation and celtics blog uh recurring guest on the show really appreciate it how you doing today adam i'm surviving dude man thanks for having me back i'm uh doing the best i can to stay safe and warm because it's cold as hell right now i don't know what it's like where you're at <laughs> yeah no it, it's not warm actually that's wrong actually, today, it is warm today it's warm yeah today last it's week it snowed warm. on friday this week it's supposed to well at least in rhode island it's supposed to be 70 all yeah weekend. it's 70 here too which is weird but i went running today and it was like i was like oh my god i was ready i, I always go downstairs and check the thermostat before i go out yeah, and pick what i'm gonna wear and i was like ready to wear like a long sleeve and i was like oh my god it's <laughs> not he didn't even have to wear gloves today. now i yeah, mean it's like 48 degrees here jesus yeah. I, I mean <laughs> with the uh, with the virus the election and everything going on the weather's the least of my issues at the <laughs> at the moment so um i'll be i'll be cold as long as other stuff goes well but uh, let's focus on the Celtics, I guess. Uh, one of the biggest things I've seen going on in rumors, I'm sure you guys have seen the same, Gordon Hayward getting thrown around everywhere, more so than usual. He's usually in those trade rumors. I know, Adam, you were in a bunch of articles over the season defending him, and I, I agree with you completely. I think he catches too much slack, especially from the community. Um, what, what do you make of these rumors lately? What do I, I mean, I released Summit today, and I'm kind of sticking with this narrative from now until Summit Concrete comes out that these rumors anyone who releases a rumor has an agenda they have they're trying to make the rumor gain traction for their own benefit so if it's danny ainge he's doing it to you know to test the market to see who kind of gets on the phone and says hey what are you looking for for a sign and trade with gordon hayward if it's hayward's agent then he's doing it to be like i want to oh okay gordon i've leaked this information and we've got four teams willing to offer you x amount over the next four years if you were willing to opt out and go to them now then you've got the media you've got other teams trying to unsettle him the way i'm looking at it at the moment is this is just people doing their jobs just doing their due due diligence trying to understand what the market is for him what he's going to get paid what he's looking to get paid and then you look at all of that in a vacuum and you're like he realistically is doubtfully going anywhere outside of a sign and yeah it's tough to imagine him especially opting out of that much money um sam what do you think about the hayward rumors do you have anything else you wanted to i think that's actually a really good point i i didn't really think of that i don't sometimes i just don't give uh like any kind of I don't even know what to say like any kind of acknowledgement to rumors sometimes if I just don't think they make sense like Hayward opting out doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh for him at least I mean I've said this before on the podcast we are educated fans we know he's good so obviously anybody in the front office knows he's a good player so I mean people would be willing to pay him are they going to be willing to pay him a max I don't think so not not what he's making now Um, that also goes for trade rumors as well. I mean, people are going to know, okay, he's a good player. It's not like, uh, you know, 
Jimmy from the uh, South Shore is on Twitter and he's upset with Hayward because he was injured and he thinks he's worthless and he's going to get traded because that's just not how it works. Um, so taking it out on Jimmy for no reason. Who's Jimmy? <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's just the first. That is the default name. Jimmy. I got but, you. Yeah, I mean that is definitely a good point. And if it is Danny Ainge, I mean, what are if they trade for if they trade Hayward away? What what's satisfying to get in return, Adam? What do you think would be a fair the most interesting, uh, enticing package for the Celtics that you can I mean, think the of. Most common, the most common one is surrounding Miles Turner and Oladipo. I do not want Victor Oladipo personally. I feel like there's enough scoring on the starting unit. You want bench scoring. Yep. Uh, Ryan Bernardoni put out a really good one yesterday on Twitter where they used a very rare extend and trade rule and extend Hayward and then trade him to Atlanta in return for like a humongous tra- trade player exception. That could work. Uh, yeah. I don't, it's not that much fun and, unless the Celtics can swing another trade and be able to absorb a huge contract. Because I just don't think there's enough value out there to bring somebody back. Look, man, my ideal is you trade Haywood, you get Sabonis and Doug McDermott or TJ Warren. What about um, it, it mentioning Atlanta again? What if they like traded him and other things for that, uh, like to trade up in the draft to number six? Who are you going for at number six, though? That's the question. I, I'm yeah. seeing they like a Kung Wu. I don't yeah. re- like, I am not a draft guy. <laughs> we kind of talked about this pre show. This is just what I'm seeing. Okay. So he seems to fill a bit of a need. We spoke about this on my podcast earlier, to, it released today, so Friday. Uh, if, you, if you move up for a Kung Wu, then the moment you draft him, a Kung Wu is the, the highest paid center on your team. He earns more than Tice, he earns more than Kanta, he earns more than Poirier. He earns more than two of those guys put together. Is a Congo really going to be like a $15 million center right off the bat? Do you want to move up that high and commit that much money to a big when there's other serviceable bigs that are going to be available around 20, 26, 30? If you were going to move up, wouldn't you try and package 26 and 30 and go after a Xavier Tillman or a Jalen Smith around that 19 to 21 mark? I mean, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think of those guys? Cause I don't, I'm, so guilty. I don't know I've much about the draft. It, but that's it. Yeah, so look, man, Akangu is going to be the best fit for the Celtics in terms of defensive versatility. My worry is moving up that high to, to acquire him via draft commits a lot of money to a big that are notoriously long-term projects. They don't usually come in and make a splash right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have your exceptions like Embiid, but even Jokic took time to get to. Well, Embiid took time; he was always injured, so yeah, that's, that's more that's to your point. True. Yeah, that's very true. So, if you were going to take Jalen Smith, for example, Jalen Smith has a high motor. He's really good at stretching the floor. Shot thirty six point five percent from deep in college, three attempts per night. So it wasn't on a, a very small sample size. Can score off movement. Can sm- score when backpedaling, which obviously projects really well for pick and pop games. <laughs> Uh, amazing leaper, similar to Rob Williams' type of verticality when he's jumping. Um, obviously, he has some downsides. I don't know how he's going to deal switching in pick and rolls. I don't know how he's going to deal playing any other type of defense other than drop defense. But again, if you're picking him at 20, you're only paying him roughly the same amount as what you're paying twice. So you can live with a few deficiencies rather than having a Kung at 15 million over three years, who's now the highest paid center on the team, but has a limited shot selection and makes a few mistakes with floor recognition on offense. 
So it just depends what you value. Personally, if they move up, I want them going after a guard so they can move on from Brad Wanamaker. Mm-hmm. So what what guards do you think? That's a good point. Around like if they can move up, obviously, um, we're Kieran looking at Junior. Six. He's okay. my draft crush. Uh, period. <laughs> uh, everyone I speak to, I'm like, yo, you want Kira Lewis Junior off the bench? Uh, mm-hmm. My ideal, and I put this in my newsletter today. My ideal draft night is finding a way to get Kira Lewis Junior, and then packaging your late your later first round picks to move up a little bit, a few spots, and select Jalen Smith. That would give your team a ridiculous boost in speed. Kira Lewis Jr. is the fastest guy in the draft. If you can think of prior, like John Wall when he entered the league, having sex with De'Aaron Fox and then producing this hybrid baby, then now you're getting close to Kira Lewis Jr. <laughs> I like the idea. I don't know if I like the imagery. <laughs> like r- Ridiculously fast, very good um, at playing the passing lanes, mm-hmm. rewards guys that runs with him, absolute blur in the open floor. If you... And that, so when you've got someone like that who can penetrate just because of the speed and he, as soon as he gets you on his hip, you're not catching back up with him, that second unit isn't going to stagnate as much. Then if you can throw a rotation of Daniel Tice, Rob Williams and Jalen Smith, that's two really long, bouncy guys. One more rim protector, one a floor stretcher, and then Daniel Tice to just, you know, collect fouls, which is what Daniel Tice seems to do. <laughs> Hey man, that's Adam, you are bringing the laughs today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So since we're on the talk, topic of the draft, I, I do like those players you mentioned. I know a little bit about Jalen Smith because he's been brought up before. Uh, I don't know too much about Kira Lewis, but from what you said, he sounds great. A great bench piece. I have a personal draft crush myself. Um, again, I don't necessarily know like all the analytics and specifics about him. So maybe you can enlighten me. Um, Udoka Azabuki, he'd be a, a, a second round pick. But I, I like him. I feel like he's kind of Okungwu, but not as good, if that makes any sense. Tell me if I'm off base. But uh, To be honest, I haven't looked at him. All right. Um, I've been focused on bigs the last week and a bit, doing um, some video work on the bigs that would be available in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke Naji is probably the furthest falling big that I've looked into. Um I only had to say his name properly yesterday for reference. (laughs) So uh, I'm definitely not the guy to ask about him. I could definitely ask some people and get their opinion for you, but it wouldn't be in time to finish recording this podcast. That's all good. I just, um, if if you want to, I appreciate it still. He's just been a long-term investment. Me and my friend, uh, my friend, Danny, Sam, you know, Danny, um, (laughs) just watch his clips from his time at Kansas. The dude's just a, a, a powerhouse. Like he's seven feet tall, 270 pounds. Like he'd be the, the actual big guy that the Celtics need, like obviously Williams, Robert Williams, six, eight, Daniel Tice, six, eight, just a small guy. How tall is Jalen Smith? Do you guys, uh, is he six, 10? You have six, that. 10. Yeah. yeah. Six, 10. And he wears these, like, do you remember like the, the glasses that Horace Grant used to wear? Oh, oh does sick. he? I want him now. And That's, I, I want to draft, draft I want to draft him just for them. So That's I can it. wear a pair and not get ridiculed for it. Like, <laughs> yo, Jalen Smith glasses, bro. I'm walking around looking dope. <laughs> fun fact i wore um I, I wear glasses right and my glasses i i break them constantly they currently have duct tape on them right now and have throughout quarantine but um uh when i played basketball i played pickup at my school uh just in the gym i wore goggles because i broke them so much and they just called me kareem and it got to the point where no one knew my name and they just called me kareem and for the reference i'm not good like i'm not that good at basketball so <laughs> No, no reason they should have called me Kareem. But back in the day, I used to ball at a decent level. Like, um, I played for England under 18s. Um, I was captain. Did you really? 
yeah, I was captain in my city's team. Uh, I had a few scouting trips, a few scouts from America come over from high schools looking to take me as like a, for the last two years because we graduate here at 16. So I had oh, a, a couple. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out due to some issues that we can talk about off air. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously I don't want to kill my credibility. <laughs> I was talking with my boy yesterday, my boy Brendan, and um, after we recorded our podcast, and he was like, yo, this, this guy called Jay Scrub is going to go in the second round. And he's getting drafted from community college. Yeah. And I'm just like, Wait, okay. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like he's one got of the, the perfect first. name for a community college player. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we were saying. So I was like, yeah. oh, well, you know, what levels community college? And Brendan, who's like, he's like, dude, if you'd play, like, you could go to community college now at like 33, barely, barely bored in like five years and just clean up. So mm-hmm. I'm like, no chance, dude, no chance. So we load up the video and we start watching these clips. And I'm like, what the hell, dude? I could really ball out against some of these guys. And I ain't really touched a basketball in five years. So, uh, hot, t- hot tip, don't put too much stock into J-Scrub. Wow. That's <laughs> What's crazy. it called? I, there are certain community college. I'm not, I haven't watched the J-Scrub mixtape, so I don't really know. <laughs> but, I mean, there are some uh, that are decent. And getting drafted out of community college is different, though. But, like, you know, like someone like Jimmy Butler – he started a community college and he got recognized and he got to a bigger school, but getting drafted out of community college is kind of unheard of. Yeah. So I know I, I went to a community college for my first to, two years. I know a couple of English guys that went to play in America and they balled out in high school, but they weren't good enough to go to any division college. So they went and balled out in community college and uh, they ended up coming back to England because they were just like, I might as well play on the park here with the 10 people that play in the city <laughs> because it's a better game. And I was like, yeah, it's. I was it, like, dude, yeah, I, I didn't know somebody could get drafted out of community college. That's insane! Like, <clears throat> wow, that, that's crazy. I'll have to watch Jay Scrub now, just just in case, you know. See, see, I mean, he's crazy him. athletic, dude, crazy. But the problem is, like, it's a false narrative because they, you're playing against community college. You're not playing against D one or D two athletes, or even D three athletes. You're playing against guys that. Are literally there because they've probably got a free period. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not playing against real athletes, so you, you might be an average NBA athlete, but against these guys, you look like a world beater. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm a bit confused because he's got a D1 offer. Jay Scrub has to go somewhere next season, and um, he's decided to enter the draft instead. And I'm like, maybe because he doesn't think he can compete against D1. I just don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that would be smart from him, right? If he doesn't think he'd look as good in uh, D1 and he's already projected to get drafted, might as well go work hard, train hard, and try to get a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not throwing shade. No, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're playing in community college, personally, I'd want to go D1 and see where, understand the levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, keeping on the topic of the draft, um, last year, Danny Ainge took Grant Williams – uh, well, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, and then signed Taco Fall. I don't see any way um, the Celtics bring on that many rookies again, especially since the Celtics do have that many draft picks again. What do you think? So obviously, what the point I'm trying to make is there will probably be a move that is made. What do you think some of the more likely scenarios are for making that move, Adam? You want to run us through some of the options you can think of? Yeah, so you can trade up. You can like... And when I say trade-up, not every trade-up means you end up higher in the lottery. You can do what I've suggested and package your two lower picks to move up a few spots out of the mid-20s into the high-20s, like late-teens. 
you could package all three picks and look to move up into the lottery to find if you're really like in love with one of the prospects there. Mm-hmm. You can draft and stash. You've got Leandro Leandro Balmero. You've got Alex Zeshli or what, however you say his name. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You've got that Endoya guy who's playing out in France. Fun facts: I interviewed his teammate about six months ago, and uh, oh, wow. he was talking about Endoya then. Um, so you can go for him. You can look to trade out of the draft next year, stacked as hell. If if some front office is really desperate for some rookies this year and they're stupid enough to trade next year's draft pick, then uh, you steal that. You take their hand off for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much it other than packaging them with some dead wood and trying to get rid of some contracts, you know, moving on from Vincent Poirier by attaching 30 to it. Sounds mm-hmm. quite nice as long as you're not bringing anything back. You know, you're a future heavily sec- heavily protected second round, protected through 55th. You don't care about what's coming back. You care about getting rid of Poirier's contract. And if you have to lose pick 30 to do so, you're effectively opening two roster spots at that point. You're opening the one yeah. you would have 30 and Vincent Poirier. That makes a ton of sense to me. Um, so for me, you could go down the draft one, stash one, trade one route. You could do a small trade up later in the draft. You could package and move up completely. Mm-hmm. Or you could use some of these later picks to move on from players that you don't think are going to make it in your rotation. Uh, outside of that, they're going to draft all three guys and then I don't know what's going to happen from there. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I feel like that'd be a, a mess. But um, it's ironic that the most clogged position on the roster, like you said, Adam, is the one that everyone seems to like say that the Celtics <laughs> they clamor team. for it. Yeah, so go get a center. R- right now, it's Daniel Tice, Ennis Cantor, Robert Williams, Vincent Poirier, and Taco Fall, and Grant Williams plays some center minutes as we saw in the playoffs. Um, my, I-, I guess, predictions right now um, is Cantor isn't back. Taco signs another two-way. Poirier is up in the air, like you were saying, and then Robert Williams and Tice are on the roster. Do you have any qualms or disagreements with that, Adam? What, what do you think of that? And, what, what's your solution to the center rotation? Yeah. What do you think they should do about the the log jam? And do they need one? Okay, so you let if I was in charge, which I'm glad I'm not because I'd be <laughs> a lot worse than Danny. Um, if I was in charge, I'd let Taco Taco for walk. I wouldn't bother extending him a contract nor a two way. He needs to be on a, a rebuilding team. I'd find a way to move on from Vincent Poirier. Daniel, Daniel Tice, he's got one year left. I'd let him play that out and increase his value. He deserves to go and get a bigger contract elsewhere. I'd run it back with Tice. Um, my brain's gone. Ty, who else? Tice, Time Lord, Grant Williams, and I'd draft another big as well because I want Grant playing the four long term. And then I'd operate with a three man hockey style rotation again, except using the guy I've just drafted, Tice and Rob Williams. That'd be what I'd do. I'd move on from Taco. I'd ask. Ka- I'd either let Cantor opt in and trade him or I'd let him walk and I'd try and move into Poirier and bring in a, re- a younger replacement. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense to me. Boston's going to riot if Taco leaves. <laughs> That's, but, I mean, Danny's had no problem making the... T- I mean, someone one. said to me the other day, Taco falls a, a Celtics legend. For what? <laughs> what has he done? I hope they weren't serious. It's just name Taco. Because there are, there are dumb just... people out there. Oh yeah. Oh man, there's a lot of them. I was just like, you can't. The, the word legends thrown around too much. Mm-hmm. Adam, what are what are some of the worst uh, takes you've seen on Twitter over the last <laughs> month or so? I put probably the worst one out, and I lost three thousand followers for it. Um, 
where I said that I and I don't even think I, I basically said that uh, I'd keep Hayward over Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, oof. I don't think that's that bad. I don't. I don't think that's that bad. Uh, I don't know. I, I went on to double down. I love Marcus too much. I definitely said some things I shouldn't have said. Um, <laughs> well, no, but you. Were, I did see that argument a bit, and yeah, I mean, you do make good points. I mean, Marcus, you know, his value is very high right now. Um, he doesn't always take the best shots. Like there, there are reasons to move on. It just, I don't know, the heartstrings, Adam. The heartstrings. The heartstrings. For sure, but I mean, obviously, the value for Hayward is there. Like, you, yeah, you lose the defense. But and I guess the playmaking someone equal, but just the efficiency and the shot selection is just like so much better. And I guess the argument comes down to if we're talking about Smart versus Hayward, which we are now, what do you need more at this time? Like, do you need that defense that Smart brings, even though you have Tatum and Brown, who are uh, borderline elite defenders? Brown's an elite defender. I would say Tatum's right there too. Or do you need that? efficient shot selection from Hayward and then you talk about money it's definitely closer than I think a lot of people want to believe yeah and then I got baited and somebody was like (laughs) hey dude who would you how would you feel about Lonzo Ball for Marcus Smart and uh oh no (laughs) people must listen obviously I do a podcast so I'm assuming I hope people listen to it Mm -hmm. so they know I'm a fan of Lonzo so I'm like I'll do that if we're talking about but in a vacuum like my response was if we're talking about you keep one of Smart or Hayward, and I've said already said you move on from Smart. So if you're going to move on from Smart and it's Smart for Lonzo, let's do it because it's in a vacuum. I'm not saying overall I'd do that. Yeah. I got absolutely crucified for that. I don't I, mind Lonzo. I'm not saying I'd, I'd trade like Marcus that. for him. Because I think Mark, I well, I have Lonzo in our 2K league, so I'm growing a soft spot for him as well as Brendan Ingram. But... um you know, he, he has good qualities. He plays good defense. He's a good distributor of the ball. You know, he, he would be a good fit. Like, I've been clamoring for Rondo since the season ended. I mean, that's also a similar fit. I mean, he can push the pace. He can distribute well with pieces around him. It's not the worst thing. You get Rondo, Rondo is basically Perfect. a younger version of Rondo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, don't that was a, a bad take, anyway. That was one. That was probably the worst take I'd seen, and it came from <laughs> me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you got to own up. Everybody has bad takes. I've had a few. Uh, oh, yeah, of course, seen, of course. I mean, I've seen some other takes. Like, um, some people don't understand that salary caps exist. Salary <laughs> uh, caps are tough. I'm starting to learn because I'm in this league on my Xbox. <laughs> salary <laughs> caps are difficult. Let me tell yeah, you. it's tough, dude. So, like, someone was like, um, oh, we should do a double sign-in trade. So, we sign-in trade Hayward. And someone else signs and trades who I can't remember who it was, but I was like, then you're hard capped. You, but the receiving team on a sign and trade gets hard capped. So if Boston do a double sign and trade, they're hard capped at um, $4 million above the tax apron. But I think they're already about $11 million over that tax apron. <laughs> so now you have to start cutting, get moving other contracts and making these moves just to comply with the cap. Mm-hmm. And this dude's like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. We should move Hayward. And then what we should do is go and get uh, Andre Drummond. And oh, um, we need to go and get Reggie Jackson. And uh, I'm just like, dude, what are you on about? You're basically giving me Detroit from two years ago, but adding Jason Tatum into the mix. It's like, that was a really bad take. Uh, I ended up blocking that guy. 
Oh man, <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. I saw a bad one on um Facebook. Facebook. Well, Facebook. Weird. Oh my god. Facebook is the worst. <laughs> we are in uh, Celtics groups to promote our articles and stuff. It's a good spot for it. And uh, I mean, dude, some of the people in there. I had to mute the group. I would see it on my page. That was more of similar stuff to like Tacos a Legend. Like in the playoffs, people were saying he should start. I was like, Jesus. Like these people are awful. The thing I see the most on Facebook is people don't understand that other teams have like competent GMs too. So they'll just like throw stuff out. So like something I saw was it, it was like NBA trade machine screenshot. It was Hayward and Tice for Devin Booker and Aaron Baines. And then they said they wouldn't do it. They said they, they said they wouldn't do it if they were the Celtics. They said, no, nah, I don't think I'd do this. I was like, what? So you're just psycho on two points then. Because first of all, the Suns would never do that. And second of all, if the Suns offered it, the Celtics would take that in a heartbeat. So like, ugh. So I've got tiers. I keep each social media in a tier. So like you've got your good basketball knowledge. Your right, let's hear basketball. this because I, 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 I have... I don't have tears, but I have a very strict no-go on a certain app. <laughs> so I've got Twitter and Reddit uh, at the top tier for people to actually know their ball. Okay, and both very can have fair. Idiots. Both have idiots in there too. But, you know, on Twitter, you've got real, real intelligent guys and the same on Reddit. Then on the next step down, you've got your casual ball knowledge. People will know what someone averaged as long as they've been an all-star at least once in their career, and that's on Instagram. That's a little too high, but go on. And then you've got your, oh my God, these people don't own TVs. And that's like Facebook. <laughs> and now a quick word from our sponsor. I <laughs> I mean, it's it's very, it's pretty accurate to be honest. Man. I, I hate Instagram as well. I just think, so. I see some terrible takes on Instagram. See, so I'm trying to build my Instagram at the moment. There's, there's also a lot of fake news on Instagram, like yeah. like fake rumors, bad rumors, like stuff like that is always there. And I have like um, this dude in like a couple of my friend group chats and like he'll send like rumors and it's like, what are you talking about, man? Like, obviously this isn't true. So I've got, I'm trying to build my IG at the moment and I'm not going to name the account. When we're off air, I'll give you a bit more clarity on this story. But, uh, okay. Awesome. Obviously, for for out of respect to the guy and mm-hmm, respect for privacy. Um, so this guy reaches out to me. He's got a big account on Instagram, uh, you know, sitting just under 20K or just over 20K followers, which on IG is huge. Yeah. And he's reached out to me via DMs like, hey, I see you write about the Celtics. Do you run a write for me? And I'm like, uh, okay, uh, I'm not really accepting any more writing gigs at the moment. He's like, but I think it'll be... Um, I think I'm a bit be- busy. He was like, I think it'll be really good exposure for you. People will start to know who you are and you might get a chance to interview some of the media around the Celtics. And uh, again, I'm like, I'm really, I'm like, I'm flattered. I'm really grateful for the opportunity, but I'm already writing for a very reputable basketball site around the Celtics. Uh, and I'm already very friendly <laughs> with a large part of the media. And some people class me as the media too. And I feel very fortunate about and it. And you've interviewed players. Yeah, I, well, I'm not. You should, I'm you not should have just to, flexed on him. Yeah, I don't like doing that because I feel like, yo, the, I want. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, "Well, you're a dick." No, and yeah, like, no, some I'm, people I'm, need just, to be, I'm just joking. But it's so, just funny because you've done so much. And like, I'm like, so I've been really humble back. I'm like, look, I'm. Some people look at like rank me as like low level media too. Uh, personally, I don't think so. 
but thank you and no thank you. And he's like, well, who do you write for then? And I've like <laughs> just replied back, Celtics blog. And he's like, I've never heard of them. I'm mm. like, okay. And I was like, uh, well, if you go on there, you'll see that they've got like Keith Smith. Who's Keith Smith? And I'm like, he's the guy that basically came up with the idea for NBA at Disney. He's like, oh, I never heard of him. I was like, and then they've got people like Kevin O'Connor who came from there. Zach Lowe had a time on there. Jay King, Jared Weiss, all these guys have come. And he didn't know any of these guys' names. Oh, so I'm like, who the hell are you? Do you get what I, I'm saying? Like, I feel like Instagram lives in this bubble where it's just them and there's like nobody else. Like, I'm like, if you've never heard of these people, and I've said this to him, I'm like, if you've never heard of any of these people, who were the media that you were going to let me interview? <laughs> What did he say? He was like, oh, you know, we've got Kyle Draper's on here and you could interview um another big name account on, on Instagram. And I'm like, but he's not media. And I can reach Kyle, reach out to Kyle Draper personally, you know? like um, And it, it's got to the point where I've had to say to the guy, look, I'm really grateful, but no thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, about a week later, he comes back to me and he's like, you write for SB Nation? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I explained this to you a week ago. He's like, oh my god, can you can you jump on a phone call and explain to me how you got in with them? I was like, dude, you, you're doing your. I don't understand. What, a week ago, you didn't know who they were. But, <laughs> but like, uh, I've had a few interactions like that with people, and like, I try and be very humble because at the end of the day, uh, it's not like I'm at ESPN, and it's not like I'm setting the world on fire. And a lot of people don't know who the hell I am, and I'm guaranteeing a lot of people don't like me at all. So try and approach it humbly but that one was a really weird interaction that's kind of stuck with me like i don't understand how you can sell me on this when you don't even know who these people you're offering me interviews with are yeah i don't know i, I don't know about that one <laughs> that's so funny gosh it's like you work for sp nation <laughs> oh man so all of a sudden he's like infatuated where they had no idea who they were it, like finally clicked for him like he, he finally some, something clicked but uh I feel like Instagram is a bunch of it, relatively just like kids who prefer the the newer generations, like ra- ranking Anthony Davis above Kevin Garnett. They rank Mello above Larry Bird and stuff like that. And Facebook's just a bunch of like people who don't actually watch basketball and just like he- see Taco and be like, oh, Taco, why isn't Taco starting? He's seven foot five. Tall means good, right? So it's just oh, like. Do you know how much that pisses me off, dude? <laughs> like. So I done that interview. I interviewed Gigi Tatome the other day. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah um, that was a great interview, by the way. Listen to it on the way to work. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. Super yep. cool guy as well. Um, but like, I've put that up on social media, and I can't remember what platform it was on. But somebody interviewed me. Like, when did Gigi ever play for the Celtics? Oh, jeez. I'm, like, I'm like, oh my god. I was like, how long have you been watching the Celtics since we had Isaiah Thomas? I'm like, well, if you watched it when we had Isaiah Thomas, you would have seen Gigi Tome because they got to like they got traded for in the same year. <laughs> and he was like, Oh no, I've been watching it since King of the Fourth. I was like, Oh, so when the Celtics were getting good, you jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah. Like, just just Google the guy's name and go on to basketball reference like the rest of the guys. <laughs> it's 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 a free resource, dude. Oh man, I don't jeez. I really, I really enjoy it because some of them really tickle me and most people are so kind-hearted about it and then you just have a few guys that really want to double down on being an ass and uh, I used to <laughs> I used to really bite I used it really used to bother me man sometimes it would really upset me and uh, now I'm just like dude you you must be having a really bad day so I'll kill you with kindness 
Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. I got into a, a beef on Twitter. Or not even a beef. Like, this guy comments. I talked about this on a show a while ago, but I, I think you'll find it entertaining. <clears throat> and I had this guy arguing that Jalen Brown doesn't work hard enough. Oh, I remember this guy. And so... This guy's an idiot. The, <laughs> the idea is that the Celtics need to get rid of him because he doesn't focus 100% of his time on basketball. And he spends too much time dealing with social justice issues and that we should go to the Knicks and ask for RJ Barrett in a first. And that, that was this guy's whole point. <laughs> so I, I kind of ended up trying to, you know, kindly explain to him that I'm, I'm pretty sure Jalen Brown cares plenty about basketball. And I think it's a good thing that he spends time on these issues too, because, you know, if you work at McDonald's, you don't spend 24 hours a day in McDonald's, you know, you have a life outside of your job. So, and he just, I just ended up saying, hey, man, agree to disagree, I guess. I got nothing, like, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> but, but, but Jen and Brian don't work hard, is that what? But, yeah. But, <laughs> I subsequently tweeted, quote tweeted him, called him a moron. After Jack told me about that on the show, I was like, that is unbelievable. I mean, how stupid do you, I mean, these, Adam, these are the Patriot fan people that they, they come in when the Patriots aren't on and they've ruined like the reputation of Celtics fans, I swear to God. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how it goes this season because the Patriots are not doing well. Because yeah. I mean I, I'm very intrigued how these people are handling it. They are not it's handling a, it well. It is a weird time, right? Like social media and having these people like the one thing I learned, and I learned this a very hard lesson, was everybody's allowed to be a fan in their own way. And just because you understand basketball to X amount of level, doesn't mean that everybody has to understand it at that level. And doesn't mean that you should understand it at a higher level. Some people are just very casual, very basic, but I'm very big on stick to your lane at that point. That's what I say. Like, I'm I'm on board with you. Yeah. Like when you asked me a question about a guy who I'd never, who I'd hardly heard of in the second round of the draft, I could have bullshit. And be like, oh, well, I think this. But then, you know, I'm going to get found out. You, you're an idiot if you do that. You stick to your lane and you make admissions where you have to. Um, some people, though, they, they live to get that reaction. Yeah, I, I have, I have this, uh, this idea that people should have to pass some kind of test to tweet about the Celtics. Like, so you like, should like have... an aptitude test. Yeah, like you should have a test and if you like get over like i don't know an 80 or 70 you you can tweet and you can have an opinion but i mean if you don't know what you're talking about that's fine like you said and stay in your lane is the absolute best way to put it like educate yourself then ask questions i I tweeted a question today asking you know if he knows when the off season like the draft and stuff is actually supposed to happen now that they announced the the start date I don't know when it's supposed to happen. I'm not going to tweet like I do. I want to know. Educate yourself. It's, it's not that. That's why you should listen to podcasts if you're interested in something. Learn more about it. I don't know anything about politics. I don't talk about it. Yeah, I don't know anything about driving a race car, so I don't do a race car podcast. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> oh, But, uh, I mean, look, if, if there was a test to be able to tweet on the Celtics, uh, I suck at tests. So I might not even be on Twitter at that point. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd try. I'm bad at tests too, so uh, I might be in the boat. I'd rather just write. I'd rather write an essay than take a test any day of the week. That's 
that, that's the way I think about things. But um, dude, I write so much; it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. I had a um an interview for grad school. I applied to grad school, and, and they were like, it, "It's a lot of uh writing heavy work. There's not a lot of tests." I was like, yeah, "That sounds amazing to me. You're speaking my language, so I have no <laughs> no complaints there." So, um, I agree. Sam, you brought up the um the season. The next season, uh, the NBA Players Thank Association, goodness. I believe, uh, tentatively accepted the December 22nd start plan, 72 games. Uh, how do you see that going, Adam? Do you think it's too soon after the uh, last season? I do, but I understand it very much as well. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it, the way, I mean, my personal interpretation of this, and I've heard people talk about this, and I've read people write about this, is just the NBA want to get the, the game started again as quick as possible so they can ramp it up and be done in like June, July, August. Mm-hmm. So they can have a short break and get back to normally scheduled basketball in the following October and get back to normal. So I do think yeah. it's a bit too soon, but I understand what they're doing. They don't want to be going regularly be going up against the beginning games of the NFL season. They don't want to be going up against the, the baseball season too tough. The, for all the talk there's been over the years of changing the amount of games or the schedule or when the season starts and ends, the reason they keep it there is because they're not competing with any of the other major sports for a very long period of time. So by doing this, and I've heard they're going to play in a baseball type um, schedule as well. So, you know, if you're, if you're playing the Knicks, you're going to play every game against the Knicks in the next over like a six day period or a four day period. Really? I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. I've read it on a few different places. That makes sense. That'd be interesting because it would definitely lead for more fiery matchups. Like you get in the playoffs where guys really start to Mm -hmm. be a bit more gritty, more attitude, more aggressive because they're playing against the same guys. They get under each other's skin. Yeah. And it's after a couple games, right? Because you've got, and it's better for COVID probably. Yeah. yeah. It's COVID safe because you're coming up against the same group of guys multiple times before you have to travel again. So it's, it limits travel and what you, um, so it'd be like Eastern Conference games would be played as like mini series. And that way you can really bang those games out as well because there's less travel. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you can you can get more games in with less strain on the body because you're not dealing with time zone changes every other day, which is a thing that I think a lot of people don't put a lot of stock in. Some days you could play in LA, get on a plane and fly to, I don't know, Texas. I don't know if there's a time difference there, but it's a bit there of a is. Point land get four hours sleep wake up train and play against the, the spurs like yeah. people don't put enough stock in the the travel aspect of what that does to guys and that to me is a big big uh it's a big plus if they play in an mlb style yeah i mean there's two time zones in texas alone like you could go from one side of texas to the other side i did not know that time zone yeah which is crazy i was house hunting um the other day because i like to visualize the win i'm all about manifestation mm-hmm. and um I found this city in Texas that, like, dude, I want to live there so bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called Wakahatchee. <laughs> no, uh, I love the name as well. Where do you yeah, live? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, like, 20 minutes away from Dallas. It's an hour away from Houston. It's, like, an hour and 40 minutes away from San Antonio. So it's, like, for me, un- I understand that, one, if you're going to break into the sports media industry, just because I'm writing about the Celtics now and cover the Celtics doesn't mean my opportunity is going to come covering the Celtics. Right. It could come covering the Suns or whoever it may be. 
And, um, you know, yeah. if I was able to move to Wakahachi, I'd be in a position where I could cover three teams or I'd have an opportunity to get court, like media access to one of these three teams and it would really elevate me. Um, so Wakahachi and the housing, the houses are cheap. They're like big, $180,000, which, uh, you know, doesn't seem too expensive to me. Yeah. Uh, it's very nice weather, great school systems. I'm like, yeah, down, I'm down for that. But uh, obviously, I need to uh, figure out how many, I need to speak to some immigration lawyers once I finish my day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, my friend lives in Texas. He lives uh, in Plano, which is like a suburb of Dallas. He, it, it's like I don't know. We never ended up going into Dallas, but um, the weather out there it, it's vastly different from where where I live, uh, Massachusetts. Obviously, it's like the heat here is very like humid and and that out there it's just this dry just like heat wave but when i say like the weather like it was so refreshing just to be in that like hotness like i don't usually like hot weather but like the weather out there in texas is just i god for 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 all the stuff that texas gets up to the weather is is definitely nice (laughs) my best friend who i grew up with in england since we were like two years old we've known each other for 31 years Mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm his kid's godfather he's my kid's godfather like we're just boys he moved to LA uh when we were 18 um his mm. dad married an American woman and he jumped at the chance to get out of England which is smart I don't <laughs> obviously I go out there to visit you know he's got I was out there for his wedding he can I had my wedding out there because I wanted him there at mine um go out there as much as I physically can my daughter calls him uncle like it's like we, we're, we're in LA as much as possible yeah right and, um, I love the heat, dude. Like becoming from, like I love the weather. I love the LA life, but under no circumstances would I live in Los Angeles, man. <laughs> because I like money, dude. I don't want to be that poor just to pay for an apartment. Yeah, it's, it's expensive it's to live in there, New York. I I think Boston's expensive to an extent. Boston's um, ridiculously expensive. Yeah, like out here, if you spend one hundred and eighty thousand pounds which is about $210,000. You're getting a three-bedroom house in a nice area with a low crime rate, usually. Yeah. If I spend that in America, in Boston, or I saw a house in LA that was literally a shack. And it was like, <laughs> it was literally a one-bedroom shack with an outdoor toilet with a well that you have to flush the toilet with the water from the well. And it was like $300,000. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like I could build this <laughs> in my back garden for like five I can build this. It's right. wild how expensive shit is. Like I, I'm Sam and I are graduating in a year. I'm going to grad school. Sam has a job. I'm unemployed. But the idea of like buying a house and being financially stable enough to do that is so far beyond my imagination at the moment. It's scary. Like ah, God, it stresses me out. Man, I made all the mistakes when I was your age. I was um from like fourteen. I had coaches telling me you're going to play professional basketball, not NBA level, but like we were looking at Euro League. Mm-hmm. Um, all through school, all up until I was about seventeen, eighteen, I was always you know, about sixteen, seventeen. Everyone was like, "That's what you're going to do." So I never focused on anything else. I was just always playing ball, uh, regardless if I was on my own or whatever. Anyway, some stuff went down. I, picked up a bad injury and things went sideways and then I went to college but I, your mind isn't right you know because you've been focused on one thing for so long yeah so uh 
I bounced out of college, started doing job to job to job to job to job. One day I turned 30. I'm like, yeah, I need to do something with my life. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, I'm going out too much drinking and partying and stuff. And then like, I've had my daughter, so I'm not doing any of that. But now I'm just sitting around watching movies and I'm not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I started, I made a blog because I was like, yo, I want to make a blog. Three years later, I'm so focused on the one thing I want to do. It's ridiculous. But I wish that that focus came 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. You guys are in a really good spot. I appreciate that. I hope so. (laughs) God, I hope so. Yeah, it's scary to think about because, you know, through my experience, I'm meant to graduate in uh, the spring, so my senior year of college. So, you know, I decided to be communications my freshman year, and communications is, like, considered, like, a phony major. But, like, to me, and you'll probably agree with this very much, it's really what you put in outside of the classroom is where you're going to go. So that's what I decided. I started writing my own, and I've teamed up with Jack now, and we do this. And I feel so much more confident in like being able to be a competent media member or whatever they'll pay, they'll pay me to do, which is what I tell everyone. That's the thing. Like, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, I don't really care. Like, if they pay me, like, I'm interning at a news station. They're like, they're like, what what do you think you want to do? I'm like, dude, like, if you guys pay me, I'll do anything. Like, and I'll say I work at the news station. And this is the thing, right? Like, it's all about getting that experience. So when I started doing that blog um, back three years ago now. I was studying to be an IT, a, a computer scientist. I was going to go into computer programming. So I was getting bu- bucket loads of experience at my job. Like, let me code this. Let me code that. Let me build this. Let me build that. And then as I've got further and further into like, yo, this media thing could be viable. Somehow, some way I can make this shit happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why the fuck am I going to get a computer science degree if I'm just trying to be in, in the media? You know what I'm saying? So, um, I dropped the degree. I had a year left, two years left, dropped the degree, dead. Lost all the money that went with it to um, managed to talk the university into letting me carry most of my qualification, my credits over and went into creative writing. And I'm on my first year of that now. And it's the same thing. You just get as much experience as you can. So everything I write, go, I have it automatically added to an online portfolio that I've got. That's and then I'm, And then I'm doing this degree as well, which at the minute is teach me about how to elaborate on sensory perceptions how to build characters how to link things together written so but the point is what i'm trying to make is everything you do like if you're working in that news station keep documentation of what you were like when you first started what you're like after a a month two months three months and keep tracking that progression because then when you do come to interview for the next step up that next phase you've already got all of your progression tracked. So you you already know that you can sell yourself because you can look back and see the growth in yourself over those, like, however long you're there. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. We we kind of have like a side class. Like I wrote the paper on you for like, uh, like different things that we learn through interning, like things like that. So we, we kind of do that. But yeah, like I, I can tell you right now, like I've learned so much. I went in knowing nothing about the news and uh, I know some stuff about the news now. So we're making progress. That's progress, man. <laughs> Some stuff about the news. I uh, love how this podcast started off about the Celtics and turned into. <laughs> I love well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd imagine there are a lot of people that, you know, they if they listen to us, they might be interested in what we do or, you know, doing their own thing, whatever. So, like, it's mm-hmm. good to have advice out there. 
And obviously we appreciate any and all advice. Yeah, any anybody that pays attention to us, we really appreciate. It's yeah, a lot man, of fun you know, doing this stuff. I've been following you guys since uh, you guys got started, man. I, I like seeing you guys do well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're the reason we, we appreciate you. You, in, you in, introduced us to each yeah, other. Introduced us. I mean, look, man. Every my mentality of it is: if one of us succeeds, then all of us succeed. So yeah. it doesn't matter whether that's me, whether that's you, whether that's somebody else trying to do what we're doing. If one person makes it, that's a win for everybody because it shows it can be done. You know, mm-hmm. right? And we're like the first wave of people that made it are the guys in the industry now: your Zach Lowe's, your Jared Weisses, your Jay Kings, your John Corrales the next wave of guys that are going to come through after are going to be people that we interact with all the time. Yep. It's so weird to think about now that you say And it it's way. networking, you know, you get to know yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, like, I network with, um, I try my hardest to network with other teams as well, because mm-hmm. I know that the chance of actually landing a job covering the Celtics is so slim. Mm-hmm. Because yep. it's one of the most saturated. Look, someone asked me the other day, if you could change one thing about the last three years, what would it be? And I was like, I wouldn't have covered the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And that's a team I've supported for 20, 25 years. But if I could change one thing, I wouldn't have tried to break into Celtics media. I would have done it with Phoenix, Detroit, Portland, somewhere a little bit of a smaller market. You know, what I'm, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because yeah, there's less com- competition. You could probably become uh, like... You can grow fast. quicker, you know, Easier. whereas now if you do that, someone's like, well, you were covering the Celtics. What's going on? Like it's not like yeah. I can just up and start covering another team. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. It really is tough. That first I've been, decision. Um, I've been thinking of experimenting. Um, obviously, Sam and I have Bannertown. Uh, it's mainly Celtics. Um, Sam, I haven't even mentioned this yet because it was just like a, a whim of an idea of picking just some small market team, like you said, Adam. Um, probably a rebuilding team is what I would pick because I, I think it's, I don't know, I have an interest in watching the rebuilding teams that aren't necessarily going to make the playoffs because these young guys watching their development intrigues me and just picking a team and covering them for at least this next season. Just so you know, like getting into their media, if that's possible, like like tweeting about them, talking about like obviously still like covering the Celtics and the NBA and doing everything I do, but then also trying to cover this extra team because I, I th- feel like that'd be an interesting experiment. You know who needs good coverage? Mm. The Magic. Really? They're, they've got coverage, but um, it's, it's not saturated at all. All right. I'll write that down. That's interesting. I, I like the Magic. Uh, I, I do wish that, you know, Joan Isaac was playing. That'd make it much more fun to watch. But that guy is the most unlucky man in the NBA right now, I think. So that's like the, the one thing that you guys need to understand as well is, and I spoke about this at length with John Corrales a few weeks back. Mm-hmm is uh, the more you pursue this, the more it's going to fuck with your mentals. And um, I didn't realize it was fucking with me for about about eight months. Um, I was getting a lot more irritable with people. I was chewing guys out like for certain things. Uh, some days I'd wake up and I'd be like, man, I'm doing this. I don't know. There's no blueprint on how to do this shit successfully. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. you're like, how many? I don't know if I'm make, taking steps forwards. I don't know if I'm taking steps back. What if I'm just stagnating? I, you just don't know this shit. All you can do is trust in yourself and keep working. And um, it wasn't until like eight months in where uh, my wife said to me, like, yo, if you don't stop stressing over every little detail about everything you do, you might as well give up because it's going to put you in a box. And she yeah. was like, it's, it's going to end up killing you. I, I'd stacked on like fucking 42 pounds because I weren't trying. I'm a big Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. I've done it for years uh, along with Muay Thai and a bit of boxing. 
um, since I stopped playing basketball, actually, probably a little bit before. I'd stopped going to the gym, stopped training, stopped going for runs, just stacked on loads of weight. I was falling out with some people because like, I felt like they weren't helping me as much as what I'd helped them in the past. And it wasn't until I took a step back and I took two weeks off from doing pretty much anything to do with basketball. And uh, it, it was then when I was like, yo, this shit was fucking, like, that and quarantine really fucked in my head, man. Mm. And uh, it wasn't until I took a break and then I started speaking to other media guys where they were like, yeah, this shit will fuck with you because there's no blueprint and you're constantly just putting things out into this dark black hole of the social media world. And you don't know what happens from that point on. You don't know who likes it, who doesn't. You don't know if you, how it's being received. So uh, just keep that in mind if you decide to do that because of the workload it'll entail. Just uh, know that to take care of your mentors a bit. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great advice. I agree. The, the quarantine and everything going on in like, you know, the world <laughs> doesn't help with anything. But uh, I can imagine how a job like this would start to mess with you because you are interacting with any job where you interact with people constantly and people more more or less that constantly disagree with you can't be can't be easy so uh, that's good advice i i appreciate that but um yeah um i I think this has been one of the more interesting shows that we've been able to put out um obviously started off like the celtics and transitioned into uh talk about you know the job as a whole which i think is really cool but uh I'm ready to wrap this up here. We can obviously continue our conversation if you want to afterwards, but uh, uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we wrap this up? Obviously guys go follow Adam at Adam Taylor NBA on Twitter, but uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to just follow. If you you like what I do, let me know, like, and do the same for Jack and Sam as well. Like if this, if you like what we're putting out the, the little inbox message where you're like, Hey, I really enjoyed this or Hey, I enjoyed, I enjoy listening. Those little things are what really keeps guys like guys moving forwards because we don't, hear that very often Mm. Uh, especially when we're all stuck in houses and everything that's going on just those little words of encouragement keep everybody going there for sure 100 we we the first time we ever got that and this will be quick before we wrap up uh smartwater i don't know if you are familiar with her yeah she she, she like yeah she mentioned like us and like some tweet like like about podcasts and she was like oh these guys are really great like people should listen to them and i was like wow like that's really cool like we don't we don't hear that so shout out to her for that but yeah mm-hmm. it, it is really cool when people are like we like what you do for sure 100 yeah, percent. the one that got me i think the first time i really realized that people read my stuff was um i put i commented on a reddit thread on something and loads of people were like, oh, yeah, I read your stuff. I really like it, man. All your analysis is great. Keep up the good work. And I was like, there was like five or six people that put that within like an hour of me commenting on some. And I wasn't commenting like self-promotion either. I just made a comment. And uh, people took it, took time out of their day to kind of reply and be like, hey, you're on ready. Oh, we enjoy reading your stuff at X place and Y and whatever. And uh, that was like super humbling because you were like, oh, I don't really use Reddit too tough like that. I usually lurk mm-hmm. and just read the threads. And things like that, like I was motivated for weeks off that, that one set of interactions. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, messages like that, like you said, they're always super encouraging. Um, I, I don't think people realize how big of an impact, like just a couple words, like just say, hey, nice article. That was a good read. You know, just something like as simple as that. It's just like, yeah, wow, someone actually read what I put work into. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, 
guys, everyone go follow uh, at Adam Taylor NBA. Listen to his podcast. Listen to read all his articles. Sign up for the newsletters. Yeah. Yeah, the newsletter, I'm pushing that hard at the moment. So it's free, so you're not going to get charged anything. And you get stuff to your inbox almost every day on the weekdays. Yep. Mm -hmm. I usually read them when I'm interning, to be honest. (laughs) That's not what I thought you were about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I usually read them when I'm taking the deuce. Yeah, that's what I thought I was going to say, too. (laughs) Anyways, uh, make sure to catch up with everything Adam's been doing. You guys can follow us at Bannertown USA, like we always say. And uh, Sam, go ahead and wrap us up. Yeah, follow everyone. Uh, Follow Adam. Adam is great. Adam is very helpful. He's a great guy. He always comes and talks to us, gives us advice. We really appreciate him. Adam Taylor, NBA. Um, Follow Jack. Follow Bannertown. Follow me. That's our show for today. Bye.